Hey y'all, I'm Sierra. And I'm Alyssa. And this is Memorable Movies. Bonus episode! Hello everyone! This is a very special episode because we have not one, but two special guests with us today. Is this like a like a very special after school special? Cool. So like- there's Thomas, and then we <laughs> also have Dr. Della with us today. Hi, Della. Hello. I'm so happy to have you on the pod. All right, guys. Today. We are going to be watching American Psycho, which I have not seen, and Thomas, you have. Oh, yeah. And um, Della, you have as well. Oh, yeah. All right. So this movie came out in 2000. We've got a critic score of 69%. Nice. There you go. Mm-hmm. And an audience score of 85. All right. I, I, uh, similar to The Notebook, I think I can see both of those scores. Sure. Uh, making sense to me. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, R rating here. I'm assuming that is... It's a pretty hard R. Okay. Not not like Tarantino hard R, but it's a, it's a pretty hard R. So. so for language or for... All of gore? the above. Everything. <laughs> okay. So it's based... Uh, it says it's a satirical horror. So... Not really sure what it's a satire of, but that's it, it, a fun category. Yeah, it's definitely a, a it's definitely a horror movie. Um, but it is. I feel like it's a satire of the eighties. Yeah, it's. I mean, and it's corporate uh, culture, uh, capitalism, uh, Wall Street. Yeah, definitely. It's it's it's. The movie Wall Street and sort of that '80s greed, uh, lots of coke, lots of stockbrokers, gotcha, kind of thing. Think um, the you same way that Wall like Street? no, well y- yeah, but like that's the like serious version of this movie. Ah. Think Shaun of the Dead to like is to zombie movies is like this is to the Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, uh, well it's actually based on the 1991 novel by the same name, hmm. so I did not know that it was a book. Um, we've got Christian Bale, uh, Josh Lucas, and Renee's, uh, nope, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I do that every Renee time. Renee Zellweger, not in this movie. Every time. Alyssa, cut that out. Make me sound smarter. <laughs> um, and both she and Josh Lucas were reunited again two years later in Sweet Home Alabama um, for it's, a slightly different film. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. Um, Jared Leto is also in this movie. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah Jared Leto. Uh, Does he play himself? Uh, he, he, you'll see the scene in okay. which he plays himself, uh, okay. in there. Oh. Um, so we have eight award wins and 13 nominations. Nothing major, um, all from smaller festivals and, like, horror-specific stuff. Um, and mostly for Christian Bale and the screenplay. So neither an Academy Award or an Oscar for this. Uh... Guys, I know they're the same thing now. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so obviously, I have not seen this movie, and I really didn't know any of the memes. But I googled it, and 
our top three here are a person with a pretty um, crazy laugh going, and it just says, I'm just a happy camper. I could see that being useful. Um, and then there's another one where he looks like he has some sort of face mask on. Uh, that is really exactly what he's got is yes. a ton of moisturizer and a face mask on. Okay. Well, oh. and this one just says exfoliate like a psycho. <laughs> Um, and then I think the most popular one that came up was him wearing like this clear poncho. Yes, it's pointing a, at something. It is a it's with a full, finger guns. It's a full rain rain suit. Okay. Um, and it will make I, I'm not gonna clarify no any details yeah. here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's probably the most famous scene of this whole movie. Okay. And oh. he's he's pointing to his music collection. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we do have a scene at Sipper to go with this. Oh, yeah. We are going to be drinking a Bloody Manhattans. Which is not a regular Manhattan with tomato juice in it. Oh. No, that's disgusting. <laughs> it's just a Bloody Mary. <laughs> but the movie takes place in Manhattan, yes. from what I can tell. Yeah, so. Bloody, Bloody Mary makes way more sense, but... Um, unfortunately, it's a little late in the evening for our early morning brunch, uh, Bloody Mary here. So, <laughs> brunch uh, American Psycho. Brunch American Psycho. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to start yes. the start the weekend. Uh, All right, and we are going to be watching this on HBO Max. Awesome. Are you guys ready? Oh yeah. I, ready. I I I think you're going to find this a very interesting movie. All right, um, let's do it. I'm getting Dexter vibes so far. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I you know this is two thousand. This is uh, will have inspired a lot of other things sure. that you've seen. So sweet, I'm excited. Let's cool. do it. See you. Bye. Bye. Is that a gram? New card. What do you think? Oh, very nice. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Braille. It's very cool, Bateman, but that's nothing. Look at this. That is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. What do you think? You like Huey Lewis in the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, Albert. Yes, Alan? Why are there copies of the style section all over the place? Do you, you have a dog? A little chow or something? <laughs> no, Alan. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, Huey released this. Four, their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. 
song's so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! Yeah. <laughs> I just had to kill a lot of people. And, um. I'm not sure I'm gonna get away with it this time. So, uh, I mean. Oh, I guess I'm a pretty, uh. I mean, I guess I'm a pretty sick guy. And we're back. Hey. Spoiler alerts. All right, Sierra, give us a recap of American Psycho. I will try. This is the first time I had to break out my computer to take notes. Oh, yeah? Um... And I'm not even sure what of this is even relevant, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so we have the most 80s businessman of all time, Patrick, with the most 80s apartment of all time. It's all black and white. Um, he has his crazy morning ritual where he uses like 50 different hair and body products, and he walks us through his morning routine. And his crazy workout routine, which he always does with either porn or horror movies on in the background, which is really <laughs> weird. Uh, I mean, weird. Is that not how you work out in the mornings? <laughs> um, and he has all the characteristics of a human without any emotions except disgust. And he says something else, but... Um, the first time we see him kill someone, it's a homeless guy who he stabs. And then he kills his doggy, too. Like, I didn't need to see that. I can see the guy, not the dog. There's a name for that, where people are okay with, like, with, with everything, an, yeah, but, but, like, but the animals. animals like, yeah. not the dog. Um, next, he axe murders one of his colleagues, Paul Allen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, in his apartment. Um, is there is there anything going on in the background while he axe murders Paul Allen? Well, he kills him because he's basically got better business cards than him. <laughs> yes. And um, he brags about getting a reservation at this fancy restaurant that he wasn't able to get into, so he has to die. But he's got Phil Collins on. Ah, uh, he's got Huey Lewis in Huey the news. Huey Lewis, okay. Yeah. Every time he murders somebody, he's got a different CD on, and he's telling obscure facts about it. So I kind of get my murder yeah, mixtape. He, he goes up. he goes real in depth into why he likes Huey Lewis in the news and why "Hip to Be Square" is one of their better songs. Well, he goes way far into all of them. <laughs> so I got my murder mixtape. It's true. Um. Okay. After he acts murders him. Um, he dumps his body, uh, and then goes back to his apartment and packs him a bag and changes his answering machine throwback, um, to make it look like he is on a business trip. 
Um, after this, he does get a detective questioning him because he's like one of the last person people to have seen him. Um, also, guest appearance, Ivana Trump is randomly in a Mexican restaurant, which is pretty topical because she died like two days ago. <laughs> yeah. So that was weird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a little like out there. Um. Anyway, um, he has he frequently has sex workers over um, and videotapes them doing crazy shit, while he basically just watches himself in the mirror um, and has a season passes to the gun show where he basically <laughs> yeah. just watches himself the whole time. Uh, making, making no weird hand gestures the, like, entire time while he poses, um, in there. I also do want to clarify for all of my true crime nuts out there that he totally misquotes and says that Ed Gein says the line about when I see a pretty girl, I think of two things what it would be like to take her on a date and the other is what her head would look like on a stick he says i was ed gein and that was definitely ed kemper yeah how dare he misattribute that line to a different serial killer oh. also he says ed gein is a serial killer and technically he is not because he only kills two people he's a grave robber see okay. our episode about <laughs> <laughs> silence, of the, silence the lambs, of the lambs where we yes. go way too in depth <laughs> yeah um, and like I said, he plays music and states obscure facts about it while he's sexing and murdering. What is, uh, what's his mental state like through this entire, t- uh, time? American Psycho. He's <laughs> <laughs> just super stable the entire time. He definitely has his shit together the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, he invites his secretary over. This is after he kills his colleague, who, at the beginning, he says, don't wear that outfit again. Come on. You're prettier than that. Wear dresses and heels. High heels. I like high heels. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Um, And while he has her over, he has the head of a model that he murdered in his freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she has a fine time and nothing happens to her? She actually does. <laughs> he lets her go. Yeah. Puts that nail gun back down. Yeah. Oh. What a way to go. Yeah, it's a real shame that his fiance has to call and interrupt Ruin that murder. the mood. Yeah. The murder mood. <laughs> um, he starts using Paul Allen's apartment as a meeting slash storage facility. And storage facility is all of the bodies and heads and stuff. Of the people that he's killing. Um, He brings a sex worker and his ex-girlfriend over, which is a really fun combination if anybody wants to try it out. Um, And he ends up killing his... I don't know. It's like an ex-girlfriend or a friend or something like that. But he ends up killing her, and then he chases this poor sex worker down the hallway with a chainsaw. Uh, And then he drops it, and he kills her with a chainsaw. Uh, um, what can you say about chasing somebody down a hallway with a chainsaw attire that, uh, you know, works well? Oh, <laughs> if you're gonna do it, this is the way. Naked, covered in blood, with white tennis shoes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take time to 
put on the new balances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You don't want to get, like, a staph infection in your foot or anything. Yeah. Um, and it's at, at this point, I would say he kind of starts to lose it a little bit. Yeah. Um, he ends up shooting a random old lady at an ATM machine because she stops him, rightfully so, from, like, murdering this kitten. Well, the ATM asks, like, of Bateman to feed it stray cats. So, you know, what else are you going to do except for feed the ATM stray cats? Cool. So he shoots that poor old lady. And there are cops nearby, and they notice this. Um, they chase him. He ends up shooting all of these cops and, like, blowing up their cop car. Sure. And then he keeps running, and he has to shoot his doorman and the custodian, because they happen to be there. Um, he gets back to his apartment, and he calls his lawyer, and he's like, BTW... Just so you know, I killed a bunch of people. Um, so we're going to be chatting soon. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, like 20 or 40 people? I'm not, I don't really remember. Uh, and then he runs into his lawyer the next day. And the lawyer is basically like, really funny joke that you told. Um, and he's like, but it really wasn't that funny. And why would you do that? And he says, no, I'm telling the truth. And he says, there's no way you can be telling the truth because I just saw Paul in London, like, last week. Um, and at this point, he's just, like, maniacally laughing at everything and sweaty. And uh, did anything happen? Was this a dream? I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, what do, you, what, do you think the of the, what do you think of the ending of that movie? Um, I mean, I don't know how else he would have ended it, really. Like, him going to jail or being arrested? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it just sort of... It, it's got a little Inception ending. Like, you don't really know what actually happened yeah. that entire movie. Like, is he just crazy imagining all of these things, or did he actually do it? Yeah, he goes back to, like, Paul Allen's apartment, and it's, yes. like, all cleaned up and painted, and whoever's there kind of acts like she knows what was going on there and yeah. thought that, like, it was Paul Allen who did all the murdering. And yeah. it's just like, you should get out of here now. Yeah. But, like, is that what happened? Or is his, like, total psychosis taken over yeah. uh, in here? So, yeah, uh, quite quite the movie. Um, what was your favorite part? Uh, um... What was your least, least favorite part? <laughs> also, I forgot to mention, Alyssa, you would fucking hate this movie. <laughs> there's no yes, need to watch. There's this a reason movie. that that we watched this one yeah. and not, <laughs> not included Alyssa. Yeah. Uh, so much gore, so much violence, uh, and just so much. There's some racism. There's uh, we'll, a ton of. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll get to the problematic areas of what holds up here. So. I like at the beginning when he. I think Della, you know this line better than I do, but he basically tells him, like, can we be, can we make a few less anti-Semitic remarks? <laughs> hey, man, can we chill it with the anti-Semitic comments? Yeah, that was pretty funny. Do you have a favorite part? Uh, my favorite part? 
um, is all of the um, uses of music. I mean, because I'm a music therapist, and so um, the uh, Huey Lewis, Hip to Be Square, and Whitney Houston and Phil Collins, those moments are my favorite. Those are pretty great. Yeah, because he's just in the middle of some absolute dumpster fire you know murdering or sexing or something like that but he's going into this exquisite detail about these artists can you believe whitney houston had four number one singles (laughs) off of her debut album self-titled whitney Whitney. houston (laughs) so yeah um so i'd like to ask um what were the plot holes or points of confusion that you um would like to point out um, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie is a plot hole. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It is, you, the movie is what you want it to be. It's your interpretation of, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is a plot hole. Um, what surprised you the most? Um, I didn't think it would be as funny, but <laughs> I don't think a lot of people would think this movie is funny. I mean, it is a, it's a satirical horror movie. Like sure. it, it, it's both of those things. That's what we were kind of joking earlier that like, it is supposed to be both of these things, supposed to be funny and terrific. Honestly, the entire time we were watching this movie, I was like... Isaac could play this role so well. <laughs> just very like nothing against Isaac. Just like no emotion. Hear the facts. This is what I'm doing, and like he he, he could do a really good impression, impression. Of, yes. of of Bateman in this. And next time I see him, I'm gonna have to ask, ask for a couple it. of lines. Yes. So, <laughs> so I don't. I don't hear you really belly laughing a lot, I, and I and I don't get to be around you enough. But there was a point in the movie where you really belly laughed, and I'm trying to remember when that was. It was towards the end. I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm oh, trying I to... know. I know. It was running down the hallway, <laughs> bloody yes. in tennis yes. shoes with a chainsaw. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> And his sneakers were so white, even though he was covered in blood. Yeah, yeah, they do it. They do a great job with um, what gets covered in blood and what doesn't get covered in blood throughout the whole movie. And he also, like, towards the end, is like, "Oh, by the way, I'm also interested in cannibalism as well." Well, uh, yeah, I, I tried some of their brains, yeah. and I tried to cook them. He cook, takes a bite a out of her leg. Yeah, that's uh, icky. <laughs> Um, what character uh, or characters did you like the most? Or there least? are no likable characters in this movie. There's no likable characters no, in this movie. No, that's not true. I the one poor sex worker that he lures into his limo twice, and then gets killed with a chainsaw. She's poor girl, sweet baby angel. I, I feel like I feel like his secretary is a likable character through oh, all of this. Yeah, his secretary. Yeah. She's just real desperate, but she's yeah, she's a good person. Um, and and from what, what little we see of Renee Zellweger, I mean Reese Witherspoon, uh, in here, she's like a reasonably likable character through it. Is she? Yeah, 
You just don't see anything of her from, like, the whole movie. She's very needy, and she just kind of seems like a rich bitch, but... Yeah. See, I have a theory that the movie really makes fun of this idea that in this culture in the 80s, and it's, you know, bright lights, big city, that nobody really has an identity. And yes. And that everybody is just sucking the life out of each other. And, and she's a part of that. I mean, she comes off at one level as being really, really sweet and innocent. And she's got the cute little pet pig that she's carrying around. But, <laughs> but you know, like when, when they're breaking up at the, at the lunch that they're having together, um, she's not really that broken up. And um, it, it's just that real kind of superficial relationship yes. kind of thing. And at the same time, she's, you know, waving at her friends in the restaurant and, and yeah. everything. So it almost feels a little, um, what's the Jim Carrey movie where he's being filmed and everything is fake? Oh, a little, tru- little Truman, Truman Show. Truman Show-ish. Yeah. Just to where, like, nothing is real. Yeah, which I, like everything I think is staged. I think plays very much into his psychosis and everything yeah. in here of he doesn't feel human, but also no one around him is actually human. Yeah. Uh, He's giving a bunch of shit to his friend slash colleague's fiance who is on Xanax and lithium. And I'm like, maybe you should try some of that. Who's having an who He's having an, an affair, affair with, with the entire time. <laughs> yes. His gay colleague um, who um, is also in love with him. Uh, and yeah. yeah. I didn't some, even include that. In there's, my... some, there's some layers there. Oh. Like an onion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think held up and what did not hold up? And any problematic elements. Well, Della, the entire movie was extraordinarily problematic from beginning to end. Yes. And cutting out all of the murder part of it, it's still very problematic. Yeah. Uh, there's there's not much that holds up. But I, I, I think that it's sort of the point of the movie. And, you know, all, all of it's... None of it's genuine in the movie. It's all really there to be problematic and well, everything. And this movie came out in 2000, but it's based in the 80s. And it's not that far removed from the 80s to be like, remember all this crazy shit that we did like nine years ago? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I have everything from the, uh, would you keep it down? I'm trying to do drugs here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would you keep it down? I'm trying to do drugs over here. <laughs> just, just all of it, even the little bits. Uh, they find a way to like include weird '80s stuff in there. Yeah. Um. um so we definitely missed a ton of memes. Yes. The whole movie is basically a meme. Um. I wonder if there's any that stood out to you. Um. I definitely like the. Pops, pops over the, the stall and says, would you keep it down? I'm trying to do drugs over here. That was that great. Um, I don't know. I know there were a couple where we were like, that was a busy line. 
Yeah, so there's there's one that I see a lot of. It's him walking down the hallway towards his office with his headphones on. Yes. Uh, walking on sunshine. It, yeah, but it's it's mostly just his like psychotic stare going forward and everything. With his tiny little headphones, like barely covering his ears. Yes. Um, there's the the bit where he and William Defoe, the the detective, are having lunch, and he William Defoe does the like slap of his head and is sort of. You know, like, oh, of course, you know, that's where you were that night sort of thing. Yeah. I see that around. And, and then recently I've seen a lot of um, the last bit where he's he's talking to his lawyer. And his lawyer's like, I just I just had dinner with Paul Allen. He's like, that's not possible. And it's like, well, why not, you stupid bastard? <laughs> um, you know, uh, in there. Uh, I see that a lot. So there's, there's so many of them. And it, I think it really is like Christian Bale's amazingly psychotic face through the entire uh, um, the entire can movie. Can we talk about that for a second? Because you made a good point when we were watching this movie. Who saw that performance is like, yep, that's, that's Batman. Batman. Not the Joker. Yeah. Batman. Uh, we, I, I, we watched, uh, what's the Heath Ledger movie where he's a, um, he's a knight. Um, oh, it's the Dark Knight. No, 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 no. The Dark Knight's the Batman movie. What's the okay. one where he, it's a medieval knight where he's like, uh, oh, uh, I'm trying to. I'm gonna be mad that I don't remember the name of this. But essentially, they're like the opposite characters. Yeah, Christian sure. Bale is definitely the Joker in this movie, uh, and Heath Ledger does a much more kind of the good guy look. And then they were like, "No, we'll cast those people as the opposite roles." Um, in there, um, one of my my fun facts for this one, um, and, and I I do not remember if it is true or where I heard it, but. I'm gonna act like it is. Uh, is is to get ready for this? Christian Bale just watched a whole bunch of Tom Cruise interviews. Uh, That's a thousand percent true. Because <laughs> the only reason that I think it's still true is because if you watch it, you're like, yeah, that's Tom Cruise. Uh, there was a couple. There were a couple moments in the movie where I'm like, is that Tom? No, it's not Tom Cruise. Like I legit thought it was him for a second. So I believe that is fact. Can confirm. Can confirm. Um, do you think it was overrated or underrated? Okay. So we've got 69 and 85. Um, I'd say it's closer to the critics' score. For you, yeah, definitely yeah. closer to the critics' one. I'd give it like a, like a 71. Uh, I would not be surprised if that audience score started out much lower, and this has sort of become a cult classic and sure. like has uh, has gotten better with time as people look back on it. I, I can't imagine anyone saw that in two thousand and was like, "Yep, it's a great cinematic piece." Yeah, this because <laughs> you're right; it's not far enough removed. It's a lot better to look at it like you know. 25, 35 years later yeah. from the 80s and be like, yep, yeah, that's pretty funny now. But I yeah. think like a decade removed from the 80s would be a little too, uh, too, little too close there. Oh, uh, Would you watch it again? Um, I think so. Any movie that ends and you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? I think is a movie that you can watch again because you can watch it the second time knowing how it ends. And kind of watch it in a different light. 
Yeah, I uh, not that anybody like surfs TV anymore, but I feel like this would be a movie that like if it were on TV, you'd be like, oh, American Psycho. Although they'd have to cut out so much of the movie to get it on the TV that like I don't know what channel are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. uh, we did watch we did watch okay, it on great. HBO. <laughs> None of it's cut out then. Uh, so, so I just wanted to say to say that would you watch it again? Uh, like I said, right when it was finished, this is the third time I've seen this movie, and yeah. it's the second time I've seen it in a couple of weeks apart, and. After I watched it the second time before tonight, I did some reading up on things that have been written about it. And um, so I do think it's worth it to watch it again because if you think about all of the weirdness of the movie, there's people that don't know who they are, if that makes sense. Like, Like at the end, the lawyer does not think that that's Patrick Bateman that he's talking to. He's calling him Davis. Yes. And 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 so watching it a third time I'm realizing that what they're what they're depicting is that it's so impersonal that they don't even know like the lawyer doesn't know what his client looks like. He thinks it's Davis pretending like he's Patrick Bateman and you and then, you know, Paul Allen thinks that Patrick Bateman is somebody else. Yes. So, and then there's this idea that it's not really all a dream. There might be parts of it that are a psychotic dream, but there are parts that are not. So, for example, when he goes to, back to the apartment and it's completely renovated and the woman acts really strange. Yes. You know, watching it a third time, I can speculate... Maybe they, you know, this guy was missing. They found dead bodies in his apartment. They think it was him that did it, but they're not advertising it because they want to make money. Because remember, this is the 80s capitalism, so they're yeah. they keep it all hush hush. They're just painting over all of it. You should leave, you know. So anyway, I mean, even even his disappearance, they're like, you know, the family's keeping it very hush hush. Yeah, and, yeah. Paul Allen like misnames him. Um, it's he gets misnamed by the people who go and have dinner with with Paul Allen that yes. night that you know it's kind of the last night and then even like his lawyer having dinner with Paul Allen in London you know you're sort of like well wait is that actually Paul Allen who he had dinner with exactly. or like right. yeah because um, he doesn't know who anybody is yeah nobody knows who anybody is yeah. uh, in there so so back to my point I think it's it's it is a good movie to go back and watch again because you can you can start trying to put together like okay what really happened what is just like a psychotic break and and uh, I don't know I think it's good to watch again. I, I could see going into it cold, glossing over a little bit of the weirdness early on because you're not aware of how off the rails we're going to get by the I end of it. Yeah, no idea what to expect, and this wasn't what I expected. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I, I I could totally see it as one of those sort of mind trip, you know, yeah. thriller movies that you're like, okay, I want to watch it again and see if I pick up on anything different. Yeah, uh, in there. Yeah. 
But at the same time, it's not even really like a twist ending. It's not like a bam at the end, like you're watching. It is not an M. Night Shyamalan. It is not a, oh my God, he was dead the whole time. <laughs> and then you can go back and rewatch it and be like, oh yeah, that totally yeah. makes sense. Because what what is even real? Yeah, there is, there is no, there's, this is the answer at yeah, the end of it. Yeah, there's no like... It's just basically a bunch of people that probably need um, prescription medication, less <laughs> cocaine, and more therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Some combination of those things. Yeah. So do you think others should take the time to watch the movie? I think it's worth watching. I think I laughed more than I was like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Like, is it? A classic horror movie like there weren't any times where things like popped up at you and scared you like a classic horror movie um i think that it it's funnier than i thought it would be yeah i mean the most the most classic horror scene in the movie which is him running down the hallway with a chainsaw is the funniest, the funniest bit. Yeah. part of the movie, um, and, and and even the you know the the crazy bits of all of the bodies in the apartment, it's so chaotic through it that it's yes. just sort of like what? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it definitely comes yeah. off as uh, I think funnier than it is hor- uh, horrific, but. Uh, but what does that say about us, yeah, Thomas? It earns yeah. it earns that hard <laughs> R. And oh, um, yeah. I, 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 you know, did Tarantino use this as an example for why he should be able to like keep Kill Bill in full color uh, when they had to go black and white? Like, look how much blood they got away with in yeah. American Psycho. It, oh. This American Psycho, it's not. I don't think very realist it doesn't show a lot and it's mainly just like suddenly blood everywhere yeah it's like it's, it, it doesn't show him actually hitting the guy in the head with an axe like when he kills the girl in bed you don't see how he does it you just see blood everywhere yeah it's it's a two it's 2000s i i think american psycho 2020 or 2022 like would be a very different movie. I don't know if I'd watch that movie. Yeah, I, that that I think one it'd be would be too much for me. Uh, that that one would be Saw uh, at that point, and yeah. not you know it, it would not have the satirical elements that it has now. Yeah. So. so take the time to watch this one and don't remake it. <laughs> don't remake. Yes. Don't remake this movie. All right. So what? Do, so what? Do you have seen at Sipper? I love me a Bloody Mary. It's the first time I've had a Bloody Mary, not at brunch, but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. still good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would ask if you would drink it again, but... Um, can confirm. Can confirm. <laughs> no. Uh, do you want to say your lines? Sure. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, and please do, at Pod. And on Twitter at MemeMoviePod or send us an email MemeMoviePod at gmail.com And as always thank you to Nature's Eye from Pixabay for our music. Della, do you want to say Sierra's line? And that's a wrap. Bye! Bye!